everybody, welcome to another episode of Quick Tips for Health Tech Entrepreneurs. So this week I have with me uh, back Ed Farah, uh, the co-founder and CEO of Otto, and these guys do a digital therapeutic to help with tinnitus. Um, so you can go back and listen to Ed's full episode to hear all about his journey through the military, through medicine as a doctor, and now into health tech, solving the problem of tinnitus with Otto. But we have him back to talk about his quick tips for entrepreneurs. So Ed, what would be your tips for health tech entrepreneurs? Hi James, thanks for having me back. So the first thing for health tech entrepreneurs is don't build a solution before you fully understand the problem. And it's a really, really, really easy trap to fall into. Um, and you think you understand the problem because you think you know, you're, you're a healthcare professional. In my case, I was a doctor. Um, I still am a doctor. And we thought, okay, I understand tinnitus. You know, I understand the pathophysiology, but you don't. You don't understand just because you understand the pathophysiology, just because you understand the epidemiology and the treatment for it. You need to understand how it affects people's lives and how your product can relieve that that pain point so obsess over the problem spend as much time talking to people with that problem and how and understand how it affects them and before you've even mentioned that product you know it's i mentioned in my in the podcast didn't i but it's it's like taking a history you need to understand exactly how it affects them the impact it has on their life and then you can understand how your solution may fit into that um, so that's the first thing i would say the second thing I would say is uh, when it just comes to talking about advisors uh, and bringing, bringing extra people onto the team is before even having any discussions about equity or, or any discussions about formalizing the agreement, you need to work with someone for a good number of months and understand what value they can add and how they fit in before formalizing anything. Um, and that's really, really important because you don't want to end up giving equity away to someone um, that doesn't necessarily fit in with with your with your team, and it's a problem that I think does happen quite frequently uh, with with startups. And you just need to be very careful. You need to make sure that that person, you know, work together for three months. Say, okay, look, you know, I'm really interested in working with you. Can we do a small project together first? It doesn't need to be a huge commitment. And you can understand the dynamic that that person will bring and the interaction that you'll have with that person. And if it's a success, then great. You can then have a conversation about formalizing the agreement, paying them, giving away equity, you know, however you want to do it. If it doesn't work or uh, if that person doesn't feel right, you'll very quickly know. And then you can have, a, then you, you know, you, you save yourself from, from committing to anything that could be damaging in the long run. Having the wrong person with equity in the company is, uh, is a, is a, is a, is can have critical consequences and can, can, can cause you a lot of headaches down in the future. Incredible advice. The first one I, I love. The second one I love even more. The, fir the first tip here about being a clinician and thinking you understand the problem without actually understanding the problem. I remember, and I may have told the story in this podcast previously, but I remember when I was an anaesthetist and one of my anaesthetist colleagues wanted to do a quality improvement project. And his QI project was... Uh, to improve the anesthetic chart, right? So there was some new guidance from the RCOA, although it probably wasn't even that new. It just hadn't been updated forever um, that we were going to, you know, he was going to update it and, and, and all the rest of it. Now, 
Doctors look at that chart a lot. They fill in the first page, you open it up and it's got the, um, uh, the, the, my God, observations. How have I forgotten that word? It's been a while. Yeah. All the observations <laughs> in there, what drugs you've given, everything's in that sort of middle fold. And then on the back page is where the nurses will then take over and fill in the observations in recovery. And the person doing the quality improvement project asked all the doctors what they wanted um, asked all the doctors what they thought each of their pages should look like, including the last one. And this chart got printed a couple of test runs, fortunately. And th- <laughs> I got hold of one of them. And I noticed that the back page hadn't really changed. And or it had changed, but it had changed just based on what the doctors had said. And that was the page that the nurses filled in. And I, I just sort of raised it as, as, as like, how, how do you think you know what this back page should look like? It's like, oh, because it's what they do in recovery. And, you know, I, I read the chart in recovery and this is what I want to read when I'm in recovery. And it was like, that's really interesting that you phrase it that way, because what about the people that fill in that page? What about the people that care about that? And, he, and, and all of a sudden, like the color just drained from his face. And he was like, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> like I'm, I'm now that guy. Like I've just completely missed. I haven't even asked a single nurse what nurses want when they fill in this thing. And so I literally just took it off him and I just pinned it in the nurse's station. And I just, and I just put a post-it note that basically just said like something along the lines of like roast me, <laughs> like basically yeah. for like yeah. tell me exactly what this needs. And with literally within 12 hours, this thing had so much writing all over it and post-it notes. And he was like, thank you for saving my bacon. Um, because it, at the end of the day, it, like you a, think, you know, and you don't, right. You do. And it's because as doctors, you know, we have to, we have to look, we have to sort of reflect on this. We have been sort of almost trained to try and learn everything. And you think back to medical school, you know, there'd be so much information to learn and it was a responsibility to learn all this stuff, mm-hmm. but um, making that transition from, you know, to, to, to starting a business or building a product, you have to completely change the way you approach it. You can still use those skills you've learned, but change the way you approach a problem. You know, you can't understand people's problems and how they react to those problems by reading about it online. You know, that's not, that's not what you're trying to solve. You're trying to understand how you can make a meaningful impact on people's mm-hmm. lives with a product that you've created. And um, of course, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a prime example, James, of, of, of how that can happen. You know, you think just because you can see something in front of you, oh, I know what the nurses do. And that's just, and I, I, you know, I think probably, I probably would have done the same when, you know, when, I, when, I, was, <laughs> when I was still practicing as a doctor. Um, uh, but, you know, you have to be able to, to, to reflect. And I think, you know, in a, maybe sort of in a grand scheme of things, doctors, uh, can be know-it-alls and I think doctors do need to you know be able to understand that, that, that there is a still a lot to learn about these things how about this one as well receiving negative feedback you might not have built the most amazing thing first time round. what about that one you know because I you know I, I I'm a bit of a perfectionist as well you know I want to get things right first time you know you you're taught as a clinician like if you don't know, you abstain. If you do know, get it right. Make sure you've done your homework and you know what you're doing and you've got to get it right. You know, that's kind of the conditioning that you've got. It, mm. it, maybe that's just personal to me, but if it feels, 
it's definitely like putting yourself out there. Like it's definitely mm. like saying and that you might not have got it right first time. I don't know whether there's a clinician element to that or whether that is just personality. I don't know, but there's certainly an element of that for me. Yeah. I mean, we, we had a really, we had a really great bunch of initial beta testers for our product that were very, weren't afraid at all to tell us what they, what they didn't <laughs> like. Um, and I, and I actually, I sort of, I actually said, to, I, I, I think, and so I think probably anyone that's gone through any surgical training or, or done, done much surgery is, is can relate to this, but um, it's very common to get, um, you know, to get constructive feedback um, even whilst you're operating or, or after or say, you know, don't do it, don't do it this way, do it that way. So I was kind of used to that already. And that's, oh, that's interesting. constructive feedback. Constructive feedback for me has always been like, you know, I'd much rather someone just say, you know, don't do it this way, do it that way. As long as you know, it's in a constructive way. And um, I actually said to our initial, to our, to our beta, to our alpha and beta testers, I was like, look, you know, um, I would rather you were, it's so much easier for us to make changes now. I'd rather you were just honest and just, you know, just be as ruthless as possible. If anything, I'm not really interested in, I'm less interested in hearing about what you liked about it and more interested in hearing about what you didn't like. Because when someone tells you at that stage what it is they don't like, um, that information and that learning is hugely valuable to, yeah. to making improvements. And, you know, even now it's, we're still trying to find out what people, we, you know, we encourage people to tell us what they don't like about it and, you know, why they cancel their, their subscription and things. Awesome. And to wrap up, I just want to re-emphasize your second point, which is that if you're going to give away equity, bring on advisors, build your team, even that initial period of working with someone is so 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 important it's amazing and it has continued to amaze me through my working life how different things can be between either an, an initial conversation or an interview to then actually working with them and there's two elements there it's, it's them working and also you guys working together there are two different things there and there's lots and lots and lots of things that can change um, in that time. And I think particularly with something like equity, it's uh, very difficult to go back on, on things like that. And the more information that you can get before doing that, the better. And I think, you know, I, I, I think back to, to when we started chatting initially, you know, I, I was part of an office hours with, I think it was Zoe from Ananda Ventures. And I saw you guys pitching at that. And I just thought what you're doing was cool. And I just helped. I had, I had no agenda at that point. I just saw that there was a lot of like health tech marketing type stuff that I could help with and, and just sort of, threw in an unsolicited opinion <laughs> you found it relatively yeah, so, helpful and we just started chatting honest, right yeah i know to be honest with you james you made it very easy for us because i probably in my naivety would have just charged in and said oh 100 but you just said look i'm not you know first thing you said to me was i'm not going to ask and this was actually you did make it it was very helpful actually this but you said um you know i'm just gonna let's just chat let's see what value i can add and if it has been valuable for you then we can we can reassess in in six months time and we can formalize something um so Thank you for that, I suppose. Because well, not at all. Because the thing is, man, like the, I, from my point of view, and this isn't everybody, and again, this is a learning point for the entrepreneurs out there, mm. from my point of view, and, and actually those are people that are thinking that they could advise startups. This is the way that I would look at it, which is that my life would be miserable if I had mm. equity in a company I couldn't help because mm. I would just 
A, feel terrible. B, get badgered by that person within, mm-hmm. with an inability to solve that problem mm-hmm. or any problem that they had, in fact. And so it just means that I'm the wrong side of the value and that doesn't and wouldn't feel good to me. So in a way, I, I'm sort of solving my problem with that conversation that I had with you up front. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, it solves both of our problems. But I totally agree. I, I just think that any, for, you know, it's a quick tips episode, right? I just think any way that you can work with someone for a, for a long period of time before you part with equity, you just need to do that. And whether that is, you know, even if you had to pay for someone's time in the initial phase, even as a step, that might be something that you'd consider if you didn't have much cash at hand, that isn't particularly an option, but you know, it is something to do, but literally any way that you can do that. And you can, you can, you can feel your way through someone's personality quite a lot as well with how they approach these conversations. Cause I imagine Ed, there's been a couple of different versions of that conversation you've had. Well, no, I mean, yeah, it's uh, we've, we've been very lucky actually. And I think the other thing is to say that if someone you, know, you shouldn't have, as you sort of the, the flip side of that is you shouldn't have someone giving you advice who isn't personally interested in your success or the success of your company. And, you know, that that person in a way should almost be interested in doing it for free because they find it enjoyable. Um, you know, they, as you said, it's something that you, you enjoy doing as well. Uh, and so, you know, the, the, what's happened is actually with all, all our board advisors, actually, they've helped us for free because they, they're interested in us. And they're, they're, they're sort of, they want the company to succeed anyway. And so obviously, obviously it wouldn't be right for them to continue to do it for free, but that's the sort of attitude that, that, that they've, you know, that they've had to begin with. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been, we've been very, we've been very lucky. We've got, we've got three excellent board advisors and it's, um, you know, and it's, it's just good to have people you can be, people you can trust to ask for advice. Yeah. Awesome, man. Listen, thank you so much for coming back on, mate. Um, it's been a pleasure. How can people get in touch with you? So, yeah, thanks, James. It's been great speaking to you. Uh, if anyone wants to speak or would like to use the product for free, um, if anyone has tinnitus, just find me on LinkedIn, Edmund Farah, uh, or just send me an email, ed at joinotto.com. It's also with one T, by the way. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Ed. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.